And the theme of the conference is taken from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to read that, that text. It says, at the end of every seven years, you shall, <coughs> you shall grant a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. This is the year of the Lord's release. Now, a little bit of background is that every seven years, it was what was known as the year of rest. God worked in, in, in sevens. He created the world in seven days. On the seventh day, he rested. Every seven years, he called um, every seven months, every seven years, um, and, uh, and the order continued in the order of seven. And so in the seventh year, it was known as the year of the Lord's release. Remain um, a period or a time um, when every obligation of debt was called to be freed. When every obligation of debt was called to be released. Every creditor who had lent anything to his neighbor was to release it. Now this obligation applied to the Israelites living in the promised land. It didn't apply to the foreigners. You see, there are some principles which apply to those who are in the household of faith, and there are some principles which apply to those who are outside. This particular principle was a principle that applied to the children of the covenant. There are universal principles, but there are also principles of the households of faith. And I feel very strong this morning to speak to those of us who are in the household of faith. Seven things that the year of release represented. Number one, the year of release represented a time of rest. Number two, it represented a time of a fresh start or a new beginning. Number three, it represented freedom from the indebtedness or the obligation of indebtedness. Number four, it represented a year of mercy for the poor. Number five, it represented a higher counterpart, which is the acceptable year of the Lord. And yesterday we looked at that in brief Luke chapter 4 and verse number 19, the acceptable year of the Lord, which truly is the year of release. Number six, the year of release represented the grace of the gospel, which we find free, in which we find freedom from our debt of sin. You know, in Christ Jesus, we have found freedom from the debt of sin. We owed a debt that we could not pay, but Christ paid it all. I love the song. Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe. My sin had left me crimson stained, but he washed me white than snow. And then number seven, the year of release represented a time or a period of preparation. So when you got into a year of release, you were being prepared for the next season, for the next seven years. Your debt obligation was released. Your obligations were set free so that you could start all over again. So it represents a new beginning. So when we, when we speak of the theme release, what we are talking about is that it's a period to prepare to start all over again. And this is why when I was praying, I felt very strongly to come to speak to you, open church, prepare, prepare. Now, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 1 and verse number 1 and 3, and then Proverbs chapter 20, 24 and verse number 27. So, put a finger on those two texts, and I'm going to begin, first of all, with Mark chapter 1, verse 1 and 3. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Proverbs 24 and verse number 27, prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And then after that, build your house. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. I want to say to you this morning, the best time to prepare for battle is in the time of rest. The best time to prepare for a war is in the time of peace. In war, prepare for peace. In peace, prepare for war. Sanzu said that. The secret of winning the battle is in preparation. Not half the battle. Not half the battle. Almost the entire battle is won or lost in the time of preparation. Not half, because people say half the battle is won in times of preparation, but not half the battle. Almost the entire battle, it's only a 20% of the battle which is won on the battlefield. 80% of the battle is determined in your preparation. When a person enlists for the army, they go through a period of preparation. It is called boot camp. This is sometimes a period of about three months of intense training. Now, someone who was big loses weight. Joshua, uh, the, uh, my brother who's here with me, our, um, is, you know, he's a brother. We've been friends for so long. His sister enlisted for the Air Force. Before she went to the Air Force, she, I mean, she, she, she had some fair weight and she was, uh, and she, 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 she was quite healthy in terms of, of her weight. When we went for her pass out uh, parade after nine months, we couldn't even identify who she was because she was different. The weight had been shed off. Her hair was cut. She was different. She was stiff. Even the way she was talking to us was different. She used to be very, you know, uh, very bubbly and very huggy and very touchy. All of a sudden, she was maintaining a distance and her stamina and she was stiff because she went through a preparation of training, a boot camp that every soldier has to go through. You see, it's one thing signing up for the military. It's another thing going through the training and the preparation. During the training, a person is refined. During the training, a person is reshaped. A person is even restored. Preparation requires that you go in with an open mindset. I believe very strongly with all my heart that open church is not only getting ready for a new season of release and rest, you are also getting ready for a season of preparation. There are some things that are going to happen in and through this church. And now is the time to prepare. I'll say that again. There are some things that are going to happen in and through this church. And now is the time to prepare. The battle doesn't begin when the soldier is on the front lines. The battle begins during the time of preparation. So open church, we call you to prepare. By the message and the authority of God, we call you to prepare. During this time of release, prepare. 
prepare for the next move of God that is going to hit not only Ndola and the Copper Belt, but it's going to hit the entire nation of Zambia. It is from the Copper Belt that the move of God began to flow into this nation. And it impacted not only the Copper Belt, but it impacted the entire nation of Zambia. The move of God went from the Copper Belt to the Northern Province, to the Northwest Province, to the Western Province, to Lusaka, to the Central Regions, to the Eastern Regions. And I believe that there's going to be a move of God that is going to come from the city of Ndola, that is going to impact the entire Copper Belt, that is going to, to impact Northwest province that is going to impact the north the south the east the west and all the central regions and god is calling you to prepare prepare for the next move of god prepare for a next revival prepare for what god is about to do every time god wants to do a new thing in the lives of his people he calls them to prepare just as god said to moses you need to prepare for three days for I'm about to visit my people. When God was about to come amongst his people, he told Moses, tell them to prepare. God himself exemplified preparation at the beginning of time when he allowed his spirit to hover upon the face of the deep. When there was darkness and there was confusion and there was chaos, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord was hovering upon the face of the deep in a formless a chaotic and a void world the spirit of the lord was moving preparing the stage for the voice of god to speak and then the bible says and god said let there be light and darkness began to be roared back before god speaks he prepares before god moves he prepares before god says let there be light he prepares open church God is calling you to a season of preparation. He doesn't just start creating. He begins with preparation. He doesn't just start speaking. He begins with preparation. This is your season of preparation. This is your season of preparation. This is your season of preparation. So, how much are you willing to prepare yourselves for what God wants to do? Where are you right now? Where you are going to be will be a result of the time of preparation that you are going to put in. How ready are you? How much effort are you willing to put in? There are three truths about preparation. The principle of preparation, the process of preparation, and then the plan of preparation. Let's begin with the principles of preparation. Number one, and you know, there are three points. Now, under these three points, there are sub-points. So that's just kind of how I work, you know. And I kind of felt led by the Lord just to do seven things. So I've got three points, but under every three, under, under, under those three points, I've got some sub-points. So number one, we are starting with the principles of preparation. So let's begin. This is now one, one, you know, if you, if you do it that way, or one and then A. So number one is anything that is worth anything is prepared for. Anything that is worth anything is prepared for. First Corinthians 2 and verse number 9. But it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. There is something great that God is going to do. We, haven't, we, we can't even grasp it in our imaginations. We can't be able to contend with our ears. We can't be able to even fully see it with our eyes. But God has prepared it. Anything that is worth anything is prepared for. 
If you're going to if you're going to undertake a journey from Lusaka to Ndola or from Ndola to Lusaka, you need to prepare. When we were leaving Lusaka on Thursday, we prepared. We checked the status of our vehicle. We fueled it up to ensure that the petrol, the diesel that was in the car was enough to propel us from Lusaka to Ndola. We didn't we just didn't take off hoping and guessing and imagining. We were able to check the gauge to see that the tank is full so that the car can be propelled. Anything that, why? Because we knew that God has got something for us to do in dollar. Anything that is worth anything is prepared for. Secondly, preparation comes before presentation. Many years ago, the Lord told me this. Preparation comes before presentation. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the price? So run that you may obtain the price. Preparation comes before presentation. Before the Lord can present you and bring you in a wide open field, he takes you to a place of preparation. Before God will begin to do great and mighty things, and I believe he's already begun to do great and mighty things, but there are greater things that he's going to do. He's going to take you through a process of preparation. So don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't throw in the towel. It might look hard. It might look discouraging. It might look bare. It might look dry. But don't get discouraged. Anything that is prepared is presented. The Lord, first of all, prepares you before he presents you. So don't be afraid of the period of preparation. Thirdly, preparation is never wasted time. Proverbs 21 and verse number 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle. But the victory belongs to the Lord. Preparation is never wasted time. Every time that you spend in preparation is never wasted time. I want to speak to those of you under the sound of my voice. God could be preparing you not only for the move of God in this city, but also for certain personal things in your life. Preparation time is never wasted time. So spend time preparing. You could be preparing for your exams. You could be preparing for the next phase of your life. Prepare for marriage. This is why I encourage every young person who has intentions to get married, not just to step into marriage, but to go through a preparation period, a process of counseling, a process of engaging with others who've been married before, learning how to converse, learning how to work ma- money in marriage, learning how to work intimacy in marriage. Those who go into marriage unprepared oftentimes fail. Anything that is worth anything gets prepared. Preparation time is never wasted time. God will prepare you before he presents you. Number four, preparation allows you the opportunity to hear God. During the time of preparation, you have the opportunity to hear God. No preparation. During the time of preparation, you are equipped to clearly hear God. No prep equals no opportunity to step into the next thing that God has for you. Number five. Being prepared builds wisdom. When you are prepared, wisdom is built. Proverbs 6, verse 6 and 8 says, Go to the ant or sluggard. Consider the ways, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Being prepared helps you build wisdom. We learn when to, during the period of preparation, we learn We become more aware of our surroundings, our purpose, and our mission. 
when we are prepared, we are more apt to listen to others. We are more alert. We are more focused. When you are prepared. I believe that, you know, over the years I've learned that it's not a knowledge problem that we have in Zambia. It's a preparation problem. We're not dull people, as it were. But we are sometimes ill-prepared. And the narrative has to change. And it begins with you. Tell your neighbor it begins with you. It begins with you. Prepare yourself. Number six, preparation ensures that you accomplish your goal. It's been said, if you don't know where you are going, you won't know that you are there. When we left Lusaka on Thursday, we left to come to Ndola. We didn't leave to go to Kitwe. We didn't leave to go to Kapirimposhi. We didn't leave to go to Kabwe. We stopped by Kabwe for a little while. We drove, through, we drove past Kapirimposhi, but we didn't stop there because we knew our destination was Ndola. When we saw the billboard that says, Welcome to Ndola, we knew we arrived at our destination because we were prepared. We were not moving aimlessly. Preparation ensures that you accomplish your goal. Preparation helps you to know your path. You don't run another man's race. You don't do another man's work. There are many churches and many ministries in Ndola, and we bless the work that they are doing, and we celebrate the work that they are doing, and they are advancing the kingdom of God, but there is a work and a mission for open church. When you are prepared for your work, you will keep in your path. You see, when we were coming to Ndola, there were many cars that were, were ahead of us. There were many cars that were behind us. Some cars were overtaking us. Some cars were overtaking. But because we were clear about our mission, we were clear about our assignment, we were not moved by the cars that went faster than us. We were not moved by the cars that were moving slower than us. We were focused on our mission. When you are prepared, you focus on your mission. You are not moved by what is taking place somewhere else. You focus on what you are called to do. And then seven, preparation prevents failure. Preparation prevents failure. Benjamin Franklin once said, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. I'll put it this way. I'll elaborate it this way by saying, a failure to plan almost leads to disaster. Again, like I said, it's not, we don't have a mentality problem. We have a preparation problem. I call you to prepare. Secondly, the process of preparation. What is the process of preparation? What will it take for you to prepare? Number one, preparation takes time. Preparation takes time. Jesus was prepared for 18 years, for three years of ministry. Paul was prepared for three years for ministry. The disciples, the apostles were prepared for, by Jesus for three years of ministry. The problem is that oftentimes we like to jump into things without taking the time to be prepared. Preparation takes time. You must be patient. You must be willing to go through the time process of preparation. Pastor Lynn, preparation is going to take time, but it's worth the investment. Anything that is worth anything is prepared. You sit for an exam, you sit in an exam for two hours, 
But when you look back, you've actually been studying for that exam for 12 years. You sit in an exam for two hours. When you look back, you've been studying for that exam for four years if you're going through university. You sit in an exam for three hours. If you look back, you've been going through college for three years. But you only sit in an exam for two hours. Preparation takes time. Secondly, preparation happens in obscurity. Preparation happens in obscurity. Don't be afraid if nobody knows you. Right now, open, open church. Well, what church is that? No, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never mind. Anything or preparation happens in obscurity. Nobody goes to the city center to study for their medical exam. And never seen nobody sit in the, in the middle of the, of the city with all their books, all their medical journals, and all their medical books right in the city center studying. Now, one or two people do that. I don't know if they get much out of it. But most people that I know are hidden away in a library somewhere. Most people go to the wood, to a quiet place. Most people go to the, lock themselves in their room, a room that nobody knows about. The great surgeons of this world, the ones that do brain surgery and open, open heart surgeries, the, the, the engineers, the ones that are architects of the engineering uh, frontiers that are holding our world together, are prepare, prepare themselves in a place of obscurity. Preparation happens in obscurity. Nobody knew David before he came to the battlefield to face Goliath. But it was in the time of his obscurity that God was preparing him to face Goliath. When his time of presentation came, he was prepared. He was able to say to King Saul, when a bear came against the ship of my father, the Lord struck him down. When a lion came against the ship of my father, the Lord struck him down. It was in the moment of him facing the bears and the lions that he was prepared to face, to face Goliath. Preparation takes place in obscurity. Don't be afraid to lock the doors behind you and prepare yourself. Don't be afraid when nobody knows your name. Don't be afraid when nobody comes knocking at your door. God is preparing you. Thirdly, preparation is painful. It's painful. It's more than comforting to realize that those who have plumbed to the depths of failure to whom God invariably gives the call to shepherd others. This is not a call given to the gifted or to the highly trained or to the polished amongst us. Without a bitter experience of their own inadequacy and a realization of the depth of their poverty, that is what helps carry, give them the burden to spiritual maturity. It takes a man or a woman who has discovered something of the measure of their own weakness to be patient with the failures of others. Such a man and a woman has first-hand knowledge or experience of the love that comes from the chief shepherd himself. When you have gone through the pain of preparation, you can handle the weight of glory. In our song this morning, we said, the glory of the Lord is about to come. But I want to tell you, the glory of the Lord only rests upon the shoulders of those who have been prepared. And sometimes preparation is painful. It is not easy to study all night for an exam. It is not easy to bend the midnight oil. It is not easy to sacrifice. It is not easy to pay the price. But pre preparation is painful. But the result that comes from preparation is far much greater. The weight of the glory that comes as a result of preparation is greater than the, the weight of the burden that we carry. 
as painful as it might be, we must be willing to go through that process, the painstaking process of preparation. Therefore, he says, come and let us return unto the Lord. He hath torn and he will heal. He hath smitten and he will build up again. Hosea 6 and verse number 1. Sometimes the Lord needs to tear you down before he can put you back together and present you. I believe very strongly the message that the Lord told me to bring to Ndola is this open church. Step into you. As you step into your season of release, step into your season of preparation. This is not just a time to rest and to sleep and to go on a holiday and to put your feet up. This is a time for you to begin to prepare. This hall will be filled to the overflow. This hall will be filled to the brim. There will be no more room for, to take in any more people. But before that season can come, you need to go through preparation. And this afternoon, I'll, I'll be speaking to further into what that looks like. But right now, I want to tell you, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Worship team, prepare yourself. Ashes, prepare yourself. Greeters, prepare yourself. Those of you that serve in the cafe, prepare yourselves. Those that serve on the media team, prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. There is a work to do. There is a kingdom to establish. There is territory to conquer. God is calling you to prepare yourself. This is the period of preparation. Number four, preparation costs. You must be willing to pay the price. The price of hard work. The price of sacrifice. The price of surrender. There is a price that we pay for preparation. You must be willing to pay that price. Number five, preparation requires hard work. Work is a gift. And if you don't find joy in it, you're missing the point of God's purpose. Long before the fall of man, God gave him a job. God is a God of work. Preparation involves work. In the parable of the talent that Jesus gave, each servant was given a talent according to his own ability. Matthew 25. One servant was given five talents, another was given two, and only one was given one. They invest their talents. Every servant except the one of them doubled their investment. The master was angry with the servant who did not faithfully invest what had been given to him. So much so it was taken away from him and it was given to the one who had multiplied the master's money. Jesus concluded this parable by saying, for to everyone who has, more will be given. It sounds like a paradox. In our world thinking, the one who doesn't have must be one who is given. In the kingdom, it's the one who has who is even given more. Preparation calls for hard work. You must be willing to pay the price. You must be willing to stay up late at night to put the banners up. You must be willing to stay up late at night to dismantle the stage and tie the cables. And you must be diligent in that work. You must be diligent in that work. It doesn't just mean rolling the cables. You know, these are very sensitive cables. You just can't roll them anyhow. The equipment that we have is sensitive equipment. You just can't carry it anyhow. It's hard work. But in the end of it, it pays off. Lives will be changed. People will be transformed. Marriages will be healed. 
broken children will be restored. They will no longer need to run astray and to run amok and to find comfort in sex or in alcohol or in the things that this world provides. Because of the work of preparation that you would have put in, you'll be giving them hope and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Preparation takes hard work. Number six, preparation requires discipline. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 27. I therefore run like that, not with uncertainty. I fight like that, not as beat in the air. But I beat my body and bring it to submission. For fear that by any means that after I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected. If you are going to prepare, you need to be disciplined. Preparation calls for discipline. Preparation itself is a discipline that calls for discipline. Preparation is a discipline that calls for discipline. Number seven, preparation requires patience or waiting. With that being said, you can prepare perfectly and still have to go through an excruciating waiting period. The word says that those who wait on the Lord will not be put to shame. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not faint. They will walk and not be weary. Waiting on God to bring us the next season cultivates trust in him. We begin to understand who he is, his plans and his purposes. It is during this period of waiting that we are strengthened. It is during this period of waiting that we are equipped. When I joined Miracle Life Family Church, I did not join to be a preacher. I didn't join to be a pastor. I was a young man. I was in my early 20s. Some of the things that I began by doing with my friend Joshua was things like moving tables. We used to serve at tables. We used to work at registration. We used to serve at, uh, we used to serve coffee, like what uh, you do at the coffee station there. We used to serve biscuits. And sometimes we'd have to show up early and get serviettes and wrap biscuits from packets of biscuits and wrap them into 100, 150, 300 little packs and then put them on trays and then take the trays to the front tables and then go and and get coffee mugs and put those coffee mugs and go and get the tea and the sugar and serve coffee to people, people that we don't even know, people who didn't know us. We used to walk from our homes and walk to and from our homes. Those of you who know, who, who know Lusaka will know, uh, we, we used to live in an area called Kawata. The church was in an area called Akeds, which is near the University of Zambia. The distance between Kawata and Akeds is not a short distance. It's almost 15 kilometers. And we would walk 15 kilometers to church and do all those things and walk 15 kilometers back to our homes. The people that were serving tea and all those coffees used to come with cars. None of them offered us a lift. None of them said, how did you come to church? How did you go back? However, we did what we did faithfully and diligently. Little did we know that God, 15 years down the road, had a plan for us to stand in Dola and to minister the word of God today to people at open church. God never tells you the entirety of the story. The only thing that he calls you to do is to be disciplined and to be patient and to wait. You don't know what God has in store for you, but he has a good plan and a purpose for your life. However, you need to be willing to wait. 
You need to be willing to be patient, to be prepared, to be developed for the things that God has in store for you. So I say to you, open church, prepare yourself for the things that God has in store for you. And I conclude by talking about the plan of preparation. The plan of preparation. The plan of preparation. And I'm going to use the acronym PREPARE. The acronym PREPARE. Number one, during this period of preparation, open church, be in prayer. Be in prayer. I like the fact that you're praying for Israel. You sow the seeds of prayer, you will reap the harvest of prayer. Be in prayer. Be in prayer as a church. I was so moved yesterday by the prayer session. I was saying, Josh, I said, you know, I've been so many prayer meetings, so many prayer sessions, but there was just something different about yesterday's prayer session. Be in prayer. Be in prayer collectively. Be in prayer individually. I call all of us here to be people of prayer. Pray in your homes. Pray together as a church. R, rely on the Holy Spirit. May I please have the gentleman on the keys to come just explain for us a minute. Rely on the Holy Spirit. The work that God has called us to do, we can't do it in our own strength. Jesus said when the helper, the Holy Spirit has come, he will lead us into all truth. He will show us things to come. He will guide us. Rely on the Holy Spirit. The work that your God is going to do in and through this church is the Holy Spirit's work. It's not a work of human effort. It's not a work of human strength. So, Pastor Lynn, Pastor Sylvester, and all the leaders in this church, rely on the Holy Spirit. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but God calls you to trust in the name of the Lord. The arm of flesh will fail you. Don't look at what men can do and what men cannot do. Rather, rely on the Holy Spirit. He will never leave you. He will never disappoint you. He will never fail you. E, encourage yourself in the Lord. There will be many moments of, there will be many moments of discouragement. When things don't go right. When things don't go well. When people don't show up. People will disappoint you. You expect them to be at the table serving the coffee and they're not there. You expect them, you know, to put two scoops of coffee and they, because you want it to spread and they put five scoops of coffee in one cup and thinking, that's enough coffee to save five people. You just give it one person. And you're like, ah! Because I went through those days, you know, where you give five biscuits to one person and, 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 and your leader says to you, do you realize that you just gave biscuits for five people to one person? The frustration of leadership. The frustration of you spend the whole night studying and then you rea- and then when you go to the exam you find that the questions are not what you are studying for. Like, ah. You know what? Encourage yourself in the Lord. David, in one of his most bleakest moments, encouraged himself in the Lord. Let your focus and your gaze be on the Lord. P, presence. Stay in the presence of the Lord. 
stay in the presence. Don't leave the presence of the Lord. I know we say things like, Lord, we come into your presence. Well, um, when did you leave? You should constantly be in the presence of the Lord. When you lay in bed, you're in the presence of the Lord. When you're taking a shower, you're in the presence of the Lord. When you're walking around the city, you're in the presence of the Lord. You're just in the presence of the Lord throughout. It's dangerous to leave the presence of the Lord. So don't leave. Stay in the presence of the Lord. A, attitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude will determine how far you will go. Here are a few things I'd like to tell you. Have an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful. Don't take anything for granted. Break yourself loose from the sense of entitlement. Rather have an attitude of gratitude. You know, thankfulness causes us to realize that everything that we have is a gift from God. Thankfulness breaks the grip of greed and selfishness over our lives. Because we realize that we brought nothing into this world. We take nothing with us. It all belongs to him. Have an attitude of humility. Humble yourself before the hand of God and he will lift you up. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. R is read. What do I mean read? I mean, you know, reading is an opportunity to keep learning. Keep learning. Those of you that play instruments in this church, keep learning. I mean, you're, you're already very good players, I, I heard you. But you know what? Can you perfect your skills? Those of you that handle whatever it is that you do, those of you that are singers, you're already good singers. But you know what? Keep learning. Don't settle for where you're at. Become better. Find a vocal coach. Go to YouTube. And find out ways to improve your skills and to become better. Keep learning. Read. Buy a book and read it. I'm happy to tell you the bookstores in Dora. I'm like, guys, you know, thank you a lot. There's books all over. Find a book and read it. Finish reading it and learn lessons. Go to school. Finish your degree. Pursue that diploma. Finish grade 12. Perhaps you dropped out of school. I don't know. Go back to school. It's only when you make yourself better that this church will become better and this nation will become better. God is building us up a spiritual dwelling place for God. To the degree that you are built up is the degree that this church will be built up. And then lastly, Engage, prepare, pray, rely on the Holy Spirit. Encourage yourself. Stay in the presence. The attitude, read. Last is engage. What do I mean by engage? Stay connected to God's people. This is not the time to leave. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to be wishy-washy. This is not the time to be half in and half out. God is calling each and every one of you to be fully in, 
to be fully engaged, to be fully connected.